Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you are listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a weekly podcast that will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. Today, I'm excited to be joined with Katie Prejean McGrady, who is going to speak with us a little bit about a new project from Ave Maria Press that she's helping to oversee and to coordinate, and it happens to deal with the Blessed Virgin Mary. Katie Prejean McGrady is uh, a very popular Catholic speaker. Maybe you've seen her on the stages of a Steubenville Youth Conference, or maybe as a youth minister, you've seen her at, at a conference. She's the author of the book, Follow, and also Room 24. And with her husband, they co-authored a Lenten devotional this past year with Ave Maria Press. You also might follow her on Twitter because she's a very popular Twitter personality. So I'd like to welcome to How They Love Mary, Katie Prejean McGrady. Thanks for having me, Father. Happy to be here. Well, great. And, you know, why don't we start off just talking a little bit about Ave Maria or Ave Maria Press, but also Ave Explore. So obviously, this is a a Marian podcast. I like to promote Marian devotion. And it seems like Ave Maria Press wants to do that. And they're doing that this fall with Ave Explorers. But maybe what is Ave Explorers? I know it kind of originated a little bit with your trip to the Youth Synod uh, and being one of the American delegates. And that was kind of the first practice run or launch of Ave Explorers, and now it seems like it's coming back. Yeah, yeah. So I went to the pre-Synod gathering in March of 2018, and then while the Synod was happening in October of 2018, and I was, you know, stateside following it all along, at Ave Maria Press, we decided, you know, the, the average American daily Catholic, even people internationally, like, that maybe are not as interested in this as, say, I am, still kind of want to know what's going on. And so why don't we do a weekly kind of download deep dive into the things we're seeing and hearing. We had some people over in Rome providing us kind of insider behind the scenes content and just help us understand from a variety of different angles and perspectives what's going on with the Synod on Young People. And it went really well. We had quite a few subscribers. A lot of people said they enjoyed the content. The videos were downloaded thousands of times. We had we had people asking us for more. And so in March of this past year, so a full year later, March of 2019, I sat down with Ave Maria Press and we started dreaming. What would uh, a full-time Ave Explorers both position and project look like? What topics would we discuss? How would we unpack these different things? And, and the tagline of Ave Explorers is faith for the everyday Catholic. And so there's a lot of really awesome programs out there that, that kind of promote evangelization and promote personal spirituality and personal prayer and, de- and development of one's own life as a Catholic, but a lot of it's behind a paywall. A lot of it is kind of this like this expansive and sometimes expensive tackle of these topics. And what we wanted to do was provide a very general, uh, easy to consume, high quality, excellent content about these topics that we've selected. So for whatever reason, they gave me a podcast microphone and permission to start creating some of this stuff. And here we are. Our first topic that we're tackling is Our Lady, why she matters, why she's a model of discipleship, and how we can foster personal devotion to her in our lives. Well, it seems kind of appropriate to begin with Mary, not only because Ave Maria is the Hail Mary, and so that's the Mm -hmm. name of the publishing house, but Ave Maria Press has been really good about publishing some great Marian books. Uh, Of course, I have a little bias because they published A Heart Like Mary's for me. Exactly. Uh, Marge Fenlon this past year had My Queen, My Mother, A Living Novena, this Marian pilgrimage pilgrimage book that she did come out. I know this fall, in fact, uh, I read an advanced copy of Sonia Corbett's book, Exalted, yeah. uh, talking about the the 
Magnificat prayer, and uh, and they have another book that they just sent me a net galley of from uh, Dr. Fastigi and Michael O'Neill. So uh, that's talking about the Blessed Mother. So really, there's a lot of Marian books coming out this fall, and kind of in my own mind, I'm like, well, it makes sense. Ave Explores, they're doing Mary, they're launching these books. It kind of just all goes hand in hand, I think. But why why choose Mary? I suppose you could it have does. chosen Jesus first. You could have chosen the Eucharist or something <laughs> else. But but why Mary? Yeah, you no, know, it was it was really kind of amusing. I my Marian devotion personally began. And this is important to the the reason why we chose this. My Marian devotion really didn't begin until college, um, and we can talk about that a little while later. So I was I was very well into adulthood before I started to fully understand both the presence, the role, and the significance of Mary in the life of a, of a Catholic. Um, and I, I noticed at the beginning of 2019, my, you know, my travel schedule has been picking up more and more in the past couple of years. These, ki- these things kind of come in ebbs and flows, and I'm, I'm definitely in a flow period right now of, of just lots of work. And I started realizing that, that so much time on the road, I needed to stay spiritually rooted and spiritually grounded. So I started carrying a rosary with me. Um, and at first it was just in my backpack and then I started carrying it in my pocket and I'd sometimes kind of like hide it. And if I was praying on a plane, like kind of conceal from people that I was doing that because I didn't want to get weird looks. And then I was like, why do I care? Like, why do I care if somebody sees me thumbing my rosary beads? Like what a witness that could provide to somebody. Maybe if they were raised Catholic and they know what that is. Maybe if they are Catholic, like, you know, solidarity sister, or maybe if they're just totally oblivious, they have no idea what it is. What a witness that could be to a, a, a personal devotion. So she was really kind of, becoming more and more active and present in my life this past year. And as we're sitting in the brainstorming room in July at Ivor Maria Press, we've got dozens of topics and concepts up on the wall. The one that kept coming up actually is the first one we wanted to tackle was radical hospitality. What does it look like to be a radically hospitable Christian who's unafraid to encounter, exchange, dialogue, welcome other people into their lives? And as we talked more and more about that, we started to realize, okay, that's very general. It's a little abstract. Maybe we can tie radical hospitality to someone, to a saint, to a figure, to a devotion. And Mary just kind of kept popping up into our heads. I mean, it is, like we said, Ave Maria, Hail Mary Press. Why not give this time, energy, and attention to Our Lady first to, A, pay honor and homage to her so that, you know, we've, we've, got, we've got her as kind of our sidekick for the rest of this thing, but also to really help the Catholic in their everyday journey of faith, understand that she is, she's queen and she's advocate and she's mom. And what does that mean? And what does that look like? And and I really don't think we could have picked a better topic. That's wonderful. And of course, those are some of my favorite titles for Mary, queen, mother, advocate. Mm-hmm. It really captures her, her motherly role, uh, especially even as the advocate, because that goes with her queen mothership uh, that we read about in the Old Testament about this theory of queen mother, and we really see it lived out uh, in the person of Mary. So the objectives of Ave Explorer, uh, maybe who who are you targeting? Who do you want to listen? How can you get people? Uh, maybe it, it's very easy sometimes when you have a, a Catholic thing that all the Catholics that are the cool Catholics, they'll like cling on to it. But how, how do you think you'll reach out to some of the other people that you want to touch, that you want to bring into it that might not be your, your cool Catholic, like always in the know type thing? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I my you know my hope is that as we we we're blitzing social media and as we're advertising on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram as we're sending out emails to the Ivor Maria Press kind of, you know, email base 
that people recognize that we're not going to spam you. We're not just sending you random stuff, that these articles have been curated, that these podcasts have been well edited, that these videos are very pointed, and that what we're ultimately trying to do is give people just this incredible free resource. And so there's really nothing to lose in signing up for it. You don't have to pay for anything. We're not going to try to sell you anything. In fact, you could win something if you sign up and if you just give us your eyeballs for 10 minutes every week. And that's the way it's set up. You, you get this email into your inbox. It'll have the links to all of our articles as well as the weekly video and the weekly podcast. So it's just kind of delivered straight to you to take at your own pace and at your own leisure. Um, a lot of the people that we have signed up are people that had signed up for the previous one. So we still have their emails and we're still going to send them that, that stuff. And we've gotten quite a few folks to sign up just from the initial like announcement of it. And then, you know, through advertisements like we've done on podcasts and a couple of different video interviews and the Busted Halo show and, and, and just really kind of blitzing the public. But my hope is that the Catholic who wants to go deeper and the Catholic who maybe feels like they're on the margins and kind of everyone in between can feel like this content is both accessible, relatable, and important for their life. I, I often think of my mom, who is a daily mass-going Catholic. She used to be a catechist and, and help out in the confirmation program at my parish. She sits on the Bishop's Finance Council for our diocese, and she's on the Finance Council as the trustees of our parish. She's a very involved, engaged Catholic whose daughters, one of them is a canon lawyer, and one of them works in the church and has a theology degree, so she definitely has a deep faith, and she definitely has an attachment to this kind of thing, but she doesn't have a theology degree herself. She's not going to stand up and give a talk about the importance of the role of Mary in a prayer life. Not that she couldn't, but that's just not what she's going to do, and that's not what she's called to, but she still would want to learn about these kinds of things. So as a faithful, daily, mass-going Catholic who wants to go deeper, this is for her. And it's also for people like my sister-in-law, who's a disaffiliated Catholic and who really doesn't want anything to do with the Catholic Church, but still has kind of an attachment to the Church because of her family. And so maybe she can read these contents and she can look at this stuff and she can learn a little bit more. Um, and so we, we want it to be accessible. We want it to be readily available. And, and we hope that people will share it as well as they're engaging with this content and they like it um, and, and get other people to join in. In a lot of the work that I do to promote devotion to Mary as I speak at different things, as I just am an ordinary priest in a parish, I encounter people all the time that are like, well, I just don't understand why I have to have a Marian devotion or mm -hmm. I don't get the rosary or Mary isn't really that important to me. So I'm sure that even this program, or it's not a program, but this uh Ave Explorers, uh, will definitely hopefully reach some of those people and maybe they'll begin to to even say, well, maybe I can look to Mary as a mother. Maybe I can say a Hail Mary or yeah. they'll, they'll begin to value her uh, in the religious and the spiritual life. Absolutely. I, I distinctly remember, I used to think, and I, I often would tell my mom this, when we go to funerals or we go to wakes, I, I'd see the, you know, the person in the casket carrying holding a rosary and i used to tell my mom please don't bury me with a rosary if i die young i don't want to be stuck praying that forever <laughs> and she'd always kind of smack me upside the head or like a good catholic woman smack me with her rosary itself and and be like don't say that that's disrespectful and i never really understood why it was disrespectful and it, it and I, I kind of hate the fact that it wasn't until later in life that i didn't understand how valuable this relationship could be and, and is and 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 why it's so important and necessary and we just we really want to shout that from the rooftops i'm grateful for this podcast that does that I, i'm grateful for the books that ivan maria press has published to to advocate that and, and we just kind of want to take it one step further with everybody 
Mary is a very vast topic, and so there's so much that you could write about her. In fact, so many people have written books about her. There are lots of homilies that many of the saints have given. Uh, there are a lot of paintings, all these different things about the Blessed Virgin. And so uh, a very vast topic. So how many weeks is Ave Explores? How are you going to cover content? Is it thematic? Uh, what are some of the topics you're going to be approaching? Yeah, so we, we we broke it up. We, again, we wanted to provide like bite bite sized content that's that's deep, but not going to take you ten hours to consume. It's not going to be something that takes up an entire day. Um, so every week, there's five weeks starting October the fifteenth and and running through mid November. Um, every week, there's three to four articles, a podcast, and a video. And these articles, these topics, you wrote one for us. It's an excellent article in week two about how to talk to non-Catholics about Mary. We have a really cool article from uh, Sonia Corbett, who's coming out with that new book about why Mary matters, kind of a kickoff article. We have a really excellent piece from Patrick Nevy, who is um, one of the hosts of the Crunch podcast, a young millennial guy working as a youth minister in Pittsburgh about Joseph, the spouse of Mary, and how he's a model of authentic masculinity. Patrick just got engaged. He's been growing in his devotion to St. Joseph as he's preparing for marriage and eventually, hopefully, fatherhood. Um, We have an excellent piece from Maria Johnson, who's also written a couple of books about Mary and a couple of books about the saints, about Mary and pop culture. Um, And so we really tried to look at it from kind of a 10,000-foot view. If you were to climb to the top of a mountain and look out over the vast landscape of Catholicism and all that Mary has to offer, let's pick and choose the best and the brightest voices and the best and the brightest topics and, and content that we can provide that does this deep dive overview, but but doesn't get too much into the weeds because we don't want people to become overwhelmed, but definitely hopefully sparks and, and engenders a deep love of her and, and for them to then want to go further and deeper. The really cool thing is that we've got all these articles scheduled and most of them are turned in and we're in the process of editing everything. And so then the podcast is doing some interviews with some of these different contributors as well as other people to go even deeper. And so some people love podcasts and they can download these 30-minute American lifestyle podcasts that look at all of these topics on kind of a next level. The video content is basically me staring into a camera, just talking about a different element and aspect of these people and and kind of going a little further that will blast all over social media. Um, And so if you just sign up for the email downloads on AveMariaPress.com, you'll get all of that directly into your inbox for five straight weeks and, and you will not be disappointed. Well, that's wonderful, and it sounds like a, a great project that Ave Maria Press is putting out there through Ave Explorers. And so in mid-November, the Ave Explorers on Mary is going to end, and is there going to be another Ave Explorers uh, early next year, maybe during Advent? Do you yeah. have the topic decided already? Yeah, so we actually have the topics planned out for the whole year, and I'm totally okay with telling people what they are because I want people to continue to be excited. So in December, right at the beginning of Advent, we're going to take a look at mental health in the in the view, the eye, the understanding of our faith. Um, we've got some really excellent contributors lined up for that as well, including quite a few mental health experts, some counselors, a couple of psychologists and, and, and PhDs um, to help us kind of tackle this understanding that we all struggle and we all have challenges. And and there's some statistics out right now, especially concerning young people, that one in five young people have a diagnosable anxiety disorder of some capacity. And so what does it look like as a church to address these issues? What does it look like and kind of from a social justice perspective to help people tackle these struggles and walk with these people 
and, and all people really accompany them and, and to use that concept of accompaniment from this angle of helping those who struggle with mental health. Um, we're doing it specifically during December because statistics show that around the holidays, the suicide rates rise oh, sure. because people very much, they go into their head. I, I heard a, a a statement one time from Chris Stefanik. It was an excellent talk that he gave to young people where he said, your mind is like a dark alleyway. You don't want to go down there alone. And so really kind of tackling this topic, I think, in a very sensitive and, and very appropriate manner is going to be very, very fruitful. In the spring, we'll pick it back up, um, talking about social justice, especially looking at some of kind of the hot button issues happening in our country and in our culture right now, and how we as, as Catholics are supposed to respond to challenges that we're facing from this social justice perspective. Um, we haven't lined up the contributors for that just yet because we need to kind of plan out a lot of those different articles and content, but I, I am excited that we're going to tackle this from a very Catholic perspective. And then we'll end it all in May, entering into June, where we're basically going to give people kind of a Catholic road trip guide across America. And we're going to look at Catholic art and architecture in the United States and help people kind of come up with family pilgrimage guides through the summer to where if you're on the West Coast, here are a bunch of different churches that you can hit up. Here's some some holy sites that you can go take your family to. Here's some really cool restaurants that have excellent dishes inspired by Catholics. Um so again, we're also planning that out. But yeah, we've got the topics ready and we're hoping people every time just get more and more excited about what we're doing. It sounds like a, a great project and a great contribution to the life of the church that you're making that you've already made in the many things you do. And this is just a, another page uh, in that, in your contributions. Now, you mentioned earlier about uh, your own Marian devotion and, and whatnot. So maybe just real quickly, how would you describe your relationship uh, to to Mary. Yeah, you know, I, for a long time, thought of Mary as like this peaceful, demure, quiet lady who just kind of sat on the sidelines and watched Jesus do his thing. And obviously, she's peaceful. And obviously, you know, Mary only said a handful of things that we have recorded in Scripture, but I'm pretty sure she talks to Jesus a lot. Um, I wouldn't necessarily describe her as demure, only because I feel like that word makes her seem like a, a wet blanket, and she's definitely not. I think of Mary as a fierce mother, uh, almost like a mama bear who fights for her children, who stands by their side, who protects them, who brings them closer to the heart of her son. And I end every spontaneous prayer that I say, both from stage and in my own home, as, and uh, you know, wrap us in your mantle and lead us ever closer to the heart of your son. And I mean, I'm sitting at my desk right now, and I have this statue on my desk, and I talk about this in the first episode of Ave Explorer, so this is kind of a little preview. Um, I've had this statue in my life since I was born. My grandmother Rose, my daughter's namesake, gave it to me when I was baptized. And Mary, her eyes are closed, and she has this very calm look on her face, but her arms are extended in a downward V. You know, And, and it's a posture that we, we all know of Our Lady. You're all probably picturing it right now. We're like her arms are open and it's a posture of both receptivity but also i think a posture of of come let me give you a hug um and as a mom to a two-year-old who's squirmy and squirrely and constantly in perpetual motion there are just random moments where rose will just come up to me and and lean in like for a hug like looking for her mom to just hold her close and i i love that image of our lady being that fierce protective mother who holds us close in moments of joy and in moments of pain. And so very much my relationship with her is as mother, especially as I live out my own motherhood, and, and especially as I live out my career, which is to serve the church in the capacities that I have. 
Yes, I was going to say, as you're a mother and and a wife, I'm sure that you can look to Mary in that way to see her as a model and example in that. And, um, you know, often when I see a pregnant woman during the season of Advent, I, I can't help but to think of Advent as Mary is journeying to Bethlehem, giving birth to her son, that in some ways, as a pregnant woman, they could identify with Mary in that regard. So so Mary Absolutely. is one that I think all people, especially women, uh, can, can identify with. Oh, yeah. I, I remember when I found out I was expecting, it was very very much a surprise and it was December 21st and I just had this moment of like oh gosh this was not part of the plan and of course that's often how God works and thinking to myself okay I could wrap up the pregnancy test and surprise Tommy and like give it to him on Christmas morning but then also thinking I can't live with this secret for four days like I just can't do it and so I rushed out of the room and immediately told him and in that moment the first person I thought about was Our Lady going to Joseph and like obviously was nervous and obviously probably didn't necessarily know what to say, but was also probably filled with great excitement at the joy of saying yes to God's will. And so I, I definitely, my attachment to her and my devotion to her has grown since becoming a mom. But I can also look back on other moments of my life, especially when I wasn't as close to Mary as I now am, and recognize her presence in her hand, even if I wasn't paying attention. And I, I think that's the beauty of it, right? Like, even if you're not close to mom, mom is still there. Definitely. And Mary is there. She's assumed body and soul into heaven. She prays for the church on earth. She prays for us. And uh, that's who she is for us, our as you said earlier, our queen, our mother, our advocate, she's our intercessor. Mm-hmm. Just uh, one of the things I do to end the podcast is always just to talk with the guests a little bit about uh, building their Marian profile. So I have several rapid fire questions that Great. that help just to expose people to greater uh, topics of the Blessed Mother and maybe give them something to think about. So the very first question is your favorite title of Mary. So my favorite title of Mary is Our Lady Queen of Peace, um, namely after that uh, that beautiful statue of Our Lady Queen of Peace in uh, St. Mary Major. But I also have a made-up devotion to Mary. I always say Hail Mary when I get on a plane, and it's just very simply Our Lady of the Jet Bridge, pray for us. And I say Hail Mary for all of us on that plane to be wrapped in her mantle as we fly through the air. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, uh, one of my friends who travels a lot, too, for speaking, and uh, Susan Tassoni, she always, like, touches the the doorway and makes the sign of the cross, mm-hmm. and lots of people have very spiritual practices um, oh, yeah. at those moments. How about a favorite sacramental? So the Miraculous Medal, Scapular Rosary, any other sacramental, anyone that's dear to you? I actually have this beautiful um, Marian... It's, it's an Irish pearl on top of this lovely image of Our Lady holding baby Jesus that my father-in-law, who is not Catholic, gave to me for Christmas a couple of years ago. He said he saw it in a magazine and he just knew I had to have it. And I wear it with me everywhere. Um, I've actually lost the, the, the pearl once before. It fell off and it, ironically enough, I was in England and it fell off and I, I was distraught that I lost the pearl and it actually landed in my shoe and I discovered it on the flight home. There was this little like rubbing and I took my shoe off and there it was. So I went and had a jeweler glue it back on. So that's my favorite one. How about a favorite Marian prayer? There are so many different prayers, the most common one being the Hail Mary, but so many others out there. Is there a, a favorite Marian prayer? I love the Angelus. Um, I try to pray it three times a day, 6 a.m. when I first wake up, noon, and then 6 p.m. with my family. And that's a practice I started in college as I was growing in my devotion to her. 
the rosary is a very common devotion of the Blessed Mother. Many people pray it. You talked a little bit about hiding the rosary on the airplane. And, you know, sometimes I think if you have the rosary out there as you're sitting there uh, in the plane, people will think, oh, she's very nervous or he's very nervous. He thinks he's going to die or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, but... uh, People find the rosary very difficult sometimes. They they think it's monotonous, repetitive. They can't engage meditation. They get distracted. Do you have any rosary tip you'd like to share? So I started listening to the rosary. I I, um, I downloaded something. I, I don't even know who does it. I found it on iTunes, um, which seems so ancient now because I basically just use Spotify. But I, I downloaded an audio version of it so that there's music as we pray the prayers together. And that kind of helps me stay focused. Um, another thing I also do is if I have a hard time falling asleep, especially when I'm traveling, which is quite common, um, I'll pray the rosary as I'm falling asleep. And I find that it's just this incredible comfort to say those very repetitive words over and over again. Sure. I'm not saying it's it's not a sleep aid. Like you don't use the rosary to fall asleep because it's boring, but basically feel like you're falling asleep as mom is rocking you. And that's really helped me kind of stay focused on the power of it when I'm awake and listening to it. Mary is present in the pages of sacred scripture, and so she says things oftentimes. We hear a few accounts about her. Is there a favorite Marian Bible passage you have? Oh, definitely the wedding at Cana, and definitely the moment when Jesus looks at her and says, woman, because we all know, of course, the power of that word, how he's honoring her in some sense with that title. But I imagine, oftentimes I like to imagine Mary's face when he calls her that, because as a mom and and as her as the perfect mother and as the mother for all of us the mother of the church um in that moment it's so much is happening and and jesus is is telling her he's essentially he's scared in some sense and mary is looking at him and and basically giving him permission knowing what what sorrow will eventually befall her and so i just i love that loaded moment of imagining the look between the two of them how about a favorite Marian apparition? She's appeared all over Europe, even in Wisconsin and Champion. A favorite Marian apparition? Our Lady of Guadalupe, hands down. Um, I used to teach that devotion to my students and talk about all the intricacies of the tilma, and it just it inspired my heart. I, I hope to make a pilgrimage there one day. Yeah, it's one of the Marian shrines I myself haven't been to yet either, so I'd like to make it there sometime. Well, let's let's go. Let's get the families should, together and let's go. We should plan a pilgrimage. We could do it together. That'd be awesome. How about uh, a Marian shrine, which, of course, a lot of the Marian apparitions are shrines, uh, but there are other shrines. In fact, when I was down in New Orleans uh, in January and came and visited you in Lake, uh, in Lake Charles, there was uh, the Our Lady of Prom Sucker Shrine. And so, so there are lots of different Marian shrines or different devotions that are celebrated at shrines. And as you travel, maybe you've encountered a shrine that's one of your favorites. Yeah, I so I've never been to Lourdes, France. I, I wanted to go when I studied in Europe, and I just I never was able to make it work with my schedule. So I love actually the grotto at Notre Dame. Um, it's just a very easy, simple place to pray of a very beautiful replication of the Lourdes Shrine. Um, it was under construction the last time I was there, so I actually did not get to go make my annual visit this past summer. But it's also right by Ave Maria Press, and so it kind of feels like there's a lot of things going on by getting to visit that place. Okay. And uh, there are lots of Marian books out there. Uh, Ave Maria Press publishes many. You've probably read a few Marian books or devotionals. Just wondering if there's a favorite Marian book you'd recommend. Um, so it's actually the letter uh, that John Paul II wrote about Mary, Redemptorist Mater, 
Um, I read a, a, a version of it in college that had commentary. I needed it for a course, and I, I'm trying to see it on my shelf right now, and I cannot find it. Um, but if you just t- if you type in Redemptorist Mater, it's one of the first ones that comes up, and it's it's John Paul II's letter and then commentary right afterwards. And lastly, uh, as we celebrate Marian feast days throughout the year, as we go to these holy days for the Immaculate Conception or the Assumption or Mother of God, we often sing Marian hymns. Is there a Marian hymn that you always hope to hear at Mass or maybe one that you whistle as you're going out of church? So the Salve Regina um, and the Tantum Ergo were roses to lullabies that we would sing when she was fussy and inconsolable as an infant. Um, And so the Salve Regina I've been very attached to since college. I would often go to the first Friday Mass at the Cistercian Monastery um, right across the street from campus. And so the Cistercian Monastery, the monks would sing Salve Regina right after Mass ended. The church would go dark and this spotlight would basically be shown on this gorgeous statue of Our Lady on the back wall. And they would sing this. this, And I I don't even know. It wasn't the version that we would always sing. It was their own monk version of the Salve Regina, and it was beautiful, and it's it's a very, very attached to it. Well, wonderful. That concludes your Marian profile, and lots of insight there to help us continue to grow in our devotion to Mary, maybe to, to begin that devotion to the Blessed Mother. And one of the ways people can do that is through the Ave Explorers program, which they're going to be focusing on Mary uh, during the month uh, mid-October to November. And so really encourage people to check it out from Ave Maria Press to follow Katie Prejean McGrady on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, to visit her website, maybe even consider having her speak at one of your events. So thank you so much for sharing about this new project with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Father. Come back and visit, and let's go to Our Lady of Guadalupe together. <laughs> yes, I think we should. So, so again, I'd like to offer my special thanks to our guest, Katie Prejean McGrady, and to Anna Nuzzo for her music that has graced this podcast. You've been listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary. I hope it has either been the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at FR Edward Looney. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd invite you to leave a review on whatever platform you listen to to help others find it as well. Until next week, let us remain united in prayer to Jesus through Mary. God bless.